Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. You're in for a treat, my friend. Oh. Ooh, bad heavy boots been under. Pour some sugar on my. Wow. No hamsters. Mm-hmm. I'm currently involved in cleaning up toxic waste. <laughs> no. Fire-breathing dragons. Are you that woman? <laughs> you let it all drip out. Dude. Producer Tim was a woman. I'd see him doing that. You should see the drawing of the character of her on the show. And that is not a real person. That is a, like a cartoon. <laughs> Dipping my unit into the glass, <laughs> which gave it that perfect look of sure. actually soiling myself. Probably in one of my drunken stupors. You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Hey! Dan. Dan. Welcome to the Jay and Dan Podcast, episode number 16, brought to you by Drunken Stupors. Yeah, it's a good excuse for a mayor. It's a good excuse for you. Couldn't find anything this week, could you? I forgot. <laughs> 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 the intro was rolling. I'm like, ah, I, don't, I forgot to find a product. Oh, that intro is so great. <laughs> nice hat. Uh, yeah, engineer Jim's yeah, wearing a Spanky's hat, as is uh, Mike. He's uh, wearing yeah, we have, a, a trust it me. It's our sponsor. A Spanky's <laughs> t shirt. I understand Patrick also got a Spanky's t shirt. Patrick, what happened to your, uh, your t shirt? Got it. Wow, right. Could have had to. Thanks for adding that. Adding it to the that. most awkward uh, moment of the podcast. So after that uh, introduction, I'm uh, happy to announce <laughs> our guest is still in the uh, the green room. Luke Robotai is uh, is uh, going to be joining us momentarily. So I thought he'd hightail it out of here after the introduction. No, no, he's going to stick around. We're excited to talk to him. People have said, you know, why don't you guys have more hockey people on the podcast? Well, we're getting to him. We're getting yeah. to him. We only bring in Hall of Famers. Exactly. This will be our second hockey guest and the second Hall of Famer. Chris Chelios is our uh, our other live guest. So I guess we can never bring in Keith Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, Keith. <laughs> I um, Keith. Luke, by the way, uh, I love that guy. Uh, refuses to age. Yeah, he looks like uh, like a young Dick Clark. He looks like he before right Dick now. Clark had his stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay. that's a compliment you look like dick clark before the stroke that's a compliment that is I guess. that used to when you used to tell someone they looked like dick clark it was like a massive compliment because the guy never aged for years mm-hmm. and then he had a stroke he aged i ever tell you my grandpa had, had a friend named big dick lavoy no <laughs> that's you call him yeah is that with big dick last night because he had a huge I don't know. I never really got around to asking him that. I should next time. So maybe his name was just Dick Lavoie, and he happened to be a large man. So he's called him Big Dick Lavoie. Yeah, so it was Big Dick Lavoie. That's uh, a great handle. Can we discuss what you're wearing today? Um, maybe just what? stand up. Uh, Dan is wearing uh, Worst Short. Convention Ever t-shirt and uh, red Simpsons shorts. Reference. Yeah. Simpsons reference. Simpsons yeah. reference. Um, you're one to talk with. Your, your shorts are like always neon. What? I don't know. They're wacky colors. It's uh, a... Oh, this is a big fight we're having. Shorts, <laughs> shorts, end of November. I will take it. Yeah, you're you're pushing this, aren't you? Nobody else in this building. Well, the Jimmers. Jimmers is yeah. going shorts. Yeah, we're all good. Um, You were back in Canada this week. Yes, I was. Uh, another stop on the world tour for Anchor Boy, out now uh, in bookstores and on Amazon.ca. 
And I was in Edmonton, the city of champions. You went to the West Edmonton Mall? Didn't make it to the mall. Made it to the Lingnan Chinese food restaurant, though. That That's was... where you did the signing. No, we uh, had some tasty food there and then went to the Chapters South Point, which I found out Natasha Staniszewski used to work at. She used to work at a Chapters. Apparently so, yeah. Uh, Natasha Staniszewski, an anchor at uh, TSN in Canada. Yeah. Um, so it went well? It went extremely well. We had over <laughs> 300 people there. We so sold your fear, over 200 books. Your fear always was, okay, I'm going to have these book signings. Yeah. No one's going to show up. So well, that hasn't happened. Because Duffy, I remember talk, when Duffy wrote his book, he was like, oh, I went to you know, Vancouver and you know, 10 people showed up. But this was, I think, pre-social media. Oh. So I can get the word out on social media and we can get hundreds so, of people there. So Duffy put one out in 1810, his book? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, you know what I mean. Like I had to mail everyone. Early, early aughts, I think his book came out. You know, so there was social media. But so it didn't he have was the probably putting flyers on people's windshields. No, he was stapling them to telephone poles. <laughs> <laughs> Please come to my signing. No, he just he talked about it in such a negative way, and I was like, oh, geez, all right. Well, maybe no one will show, but tons of people showed. Uh, everyone made fun of you. Oh, uh, and you're forward again. You're one page forward. What was wrong with it? People just love making fun of that. Uh, just the fact that you only wrote a page. But then if I wrote two pages, whoa, it's not your book. Why are you hogging all the paper? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, maybe you're right. Can't win for losing. Um, now, I have another book signing this Saturday in Saskatoon. Date. date. What's the date? The 30th. November 30th. 30th. November 30th. Noon. Chapters on 8th uh, Avenue. And uh, everyone's wondering, are you going to join me? Because you're going to be in Saskatoon with me as we host the Boys Lunch Out. If you move it to my hotel room, yes, I will take part. Because I will be sleeping. That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, no. But I can just like lie on my side and watch. Hey, guys. Why don't you just come with me? It's at noon. Plenty of time to sleep too early in. for me. You, you sleep in. You come over. You hang out. You entertain the people in line. <laughs> We'll bring them ketchup chips. What am I? I'm going to be like a clown? And yeah, yeah. You're like, hey, I'm dead. I'm here too. I saw clowns on Friday. <laughs> I went to a circus. Go on. And I saw circus kids. Circus kids? They uh, came out and entertained before the real circus began. And they said, all right, give it up to Max and Billy, the circus kids. They travel with the circus everywhere. And what do they do? They went out, and um, they've got the showmanship in their jeans. You ever seen a circus kid? No, that's why I asked you what they did. <laughs> they just do, like, the worst magic acts, but they're like... And oh, yeah, they got the this. flair. Yeah. They yeah. oh, got all the flair. Dan's doing, like, what Will Arnett did on Arrested <laughs> Development. He <laughs> yes. had that flair. So I many questions left. So wait, you went to the circus. So the cir- the Not circus. Not by myself. I went with just my children. By right? yourself. You sat in the front row. <laughs> Talk to all the clowns. Uh, clowns, I'm here. It was a non-animal circus, so it was just humans. Uh, so I, it was a I went, non-animal there was no, like, circus. So is that a circus? It was classified as a circus. Circus was, Vargas. Was this circus like? <laughs> it was in the parking lot of a mall. At your local, <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> it's a traveling circus. What? Did you just stand around? Like, are these just street performers? Street performers are not a circus. <laughs> no, it was under just a big people, top. Just it was, people doing card tricks and stuff? It was under a, a big top. And the guy got shot out of a cannon. Did he die? 
He landed on the pavement. <laughs> He's dead. God, we got to figure that uh, one out. Yeah, we got, God's got to bring. We got to bring a bigger map. <laughs> We've got to figure out this circus trick. We keep <laughs> shooting this guy out of a cannon, and he dies on the pavement. Um, I made mistakes. But there was like 40, 50 people. So I, I don't know how a traveling circus can pay all those salaries. 40, 50 people. What did you pay to get into it? Uh, it was a oh, hundred bucks for four of us. What? You can go to a Kings game and get four hot dogs and four Cokes for that. Yeah, but it's not around the corner from my house. Practically. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's what you did with the O'Toole old, family. Good old circus kids. You excited about do going you, to Saskatoon? Do, do, does the clown give them their schoolwork during the day? Like, well, how does it oh, work? Oh, you're talking about you're still obsessed with the circus kids now. Well, it's just like uh, kids who, yeah, it's like kids who work on a sitcom. It's like they're they'll like have tutors. And... The sixth generation. They said these kids are continuing the strong tradition of circusness or yeah, something. Yeah, and they've watched their industry crumble into almost nothing as kids have more entertaining things to spend their time with. Hey, but they're putting their heart and soul into it. The circus will always survive. Uh, really? Cirque du Soleil. I mean, there's one at every single casino in Vegas now. Literally every casino has their own Cirque du Soleil production. I bet you there's no Cirque du Soleil kids. <laughs> no. Uh, and what else uh, What else did I have uh, this week? Oh, you... Carlos uh, Jr., I bet. <laughs> no, I had Fat Burger. Um, yeah, I got to get a some weight. Um, you, um, the president's lending? Yeah, uh... We were talking to, to Jim and Mike about this before you arrived. So the president of the United States. The president of the United States, uh, his motorcade. He landed, what, just like Across miles away yeah. from here. He, like a, was, he crossed the street from the Fox lot. He was probably 1,000 meters And away. his motorcade came like right across down Avenue of the Stars, and I happened to be trying to get into the Fox lot. First of all, maybe someone at the Fox lot lets us know that the president's going to be coming here and that all the streets are going to be shut down. <laughs> so I'm sitting in my car for 45 minutes, and I have got to piss so very, oh, very Oh, at least he didn't have to poo for the first time. Well, this is just it. It was worse. <laughs> I would have rather <laughs> my pants, because if you <laughs> your pants in your car, yes, it smells, but it's your own smell. And it's sort of contained, whereas if you piss your pants, you can't really conceal that, no, no, right? There's, there's no, there's no right? winner. There's no winner. In no, that no, I'd rather <laughs> myself. So I'm sitting there. I've got to piss. We're all lined up in cars trying to get past Avenue the Stars. The LAPD's like, no, you guys aren't getting through here. So I got out of my car and I started wandering down a side street, a residential side street. I'm like, I just have left to, your car. I left my car there. I just left my car, put the hazards on. I was like, you know, it, it was like, you know what it was like? It was like a nuclear, a nuclear bomb went off and everyone just got out of their cars and started walking. So you were looking to a for a house to pee in. Exactly. I'm looking for an alley, preferably, if I could find an alley of some sort, something that would hide. But uh, the residential street, there's no alleys. You know, it's just... The, the, and the houses, the worst thing is now, like, like the houses are right up to the curb, basically. So not only, I can't even, like, find a little bush in the front yard because the families are, like, gathered around the dinner table. It's dinner time <laughs> when we come in. So they're gathered around the dinner table, and I can see them and hear them. And they're like, who's this guy creeping around? So you just knock, say, no. I, hey, enjoy your dinner. I'm just going to use your, uh, your no, facility. No, I finally, I finally went behind someone's car. <laughs> Just right in the middle of the street. I just pulled my pants down and pissed. <laughs> I had to. Like, I had no choice. And amazingly, no cars came by. I was, like, blown away by that. Because then I was like, you know when you have to piss, and you're pissing in the wrong place, and then someone comes by, and you're like, 
do I force myself to stop pissing, which is impossible to do. It's impossible to force yourself to stop pissing. Or do I just keep pissing and just look at the person sheepishly like, I'm pissing in the wrong place and I know it and I can't help myself. And if someone saw you, they would have thought you're like in an afternoon bender. You're just yeah. wandering around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, crack cocaine. that's what I would have said. I would, I would have been like, I was out with mayor of Toronto. and <laughs> You didn't do it in front of the house where the family was having their supper time. No, yeah. I could hear. I did it in front of a house where I could hear a family, but I couldn't see them. So I assumed <laughs> that they couldn't see me. I've made mistakes. And so I, I watched the entire proceedings. Not you doing this, but I watched the uh, the motorcade. I watched the hel- the helicopters came. Four of them um, landed on the golf course across the street from us. It was unreal. The first helicopter that came down, you saw lights in the distance. All of a sudden, they turn all the lights off. So you're like, where, where the hell did it go? All of a sudden, it's right over the golf course and landing. It disappears in the night. Yeah. It's got a cloaking device, yeah, like the Klingons. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so that one lands, three more come in, and then the motorcade takes off, and then he's gone. Yeah. But Jim, you were upset, because you said this never happened with President Clinton. Well, no, I I don't know what it is, but um, love Obama, whatever, but... uh, With the other presidents, the city never shut down the way it does when Obama comes to town. I don't know, Clinton used to come maybe at night or not during rush hours. Same with Bush. But when Obama comes, it's like, you know, 9 a.m. or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And the the traffic. traffic. And they shut everything down. Like, you can't even. 11 a.m. or something. And they won't even let, they won't even root you around. No. They just close all the streets and say, stay there until we say you can go. And that's why I had to piss on the front lawn of someone's house. But I heard it was better this time because last time Obama, he didn't take helicopters over across town. They closed the entire city down because they took the motorcade. So he he actually, he made it a bit easier on the city of LA this time. He he drove west side to downtown last time. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, that is, I don't know why you wouldn't take a helicopter. And so I don't know why he, you know, he has to do it this way. It's really very uncool, especially for the people that live here. You know, it takes me normally in rush hour to get home from here you know, whatever, 45 minutes or something like that. It mm-hmm. took me, like, close to two hours, wow. two and a half hours to get home. Not cool. The last time Not he was cool. here. Not cool. No, you know, I want to yeah. spend time with my family. I don't need to, you know. American. Um, now, before we get to Luke. Yeah, we're going to bring Luke on. Uh, we we should uh, discuss the new NHL deal in Canada that broke. Uh, we taped this on Tuesday, so it broke today, November 26th. Here's my thought. I think we should talk about that after we talk to Luke. Reason being, I feel like we're going to talk about that for half an hour. And I'm not even joking. Okay. So, let's bring Luke in. But before we do, just very quickly, how excited are you, boys, lunch out? This Friday in Saskatoon. Yes, this Friday. Again, the date um, is going 29th to be... 29th of November. 29th. Yeah. At wow. noon, downtown convention center. I Get believe your tickets. T- yeah, tickets, I believe, are still available. So we're, we're telling everyone, this is what happens. And, and again, I just want to invite Jim. I want to invite Mike. I want to invite Pat. I want to invite Jeremy to this. You come to Saskatoon. You buy tickets to Boys Lunch Out. You get a beautiful meal. You bid on wonderful auction items, and all the money goes to uh, Ronald McDonald House and Special Olympics and great charities. And a, a charity that uh, feeds kids at lunch. Yeah, that's right. Like- you know, one of those, those charities, great charities. The best part is lingerie fashion show. Middle, think of that. Fabulous. Middle of your day, 
you know, you've had a long week. And you got a problem for my sponsor? It's yeah. for charity. Yeah, it's for charity. Exactly. You, you, that's how you get out of it, right? You just say, ah, oh, it's for charity. You're know, going to be bidding on stuff for charity. And well, I would talk like this. Uh, and you watch the Lingerie Fashion Show. And then afterward, we all go to the Hosen Hydrant, which is a great bar in Saskatoon. And we all party together. We Perfect. Have so anyway, buy your tickets now. Dan and I will be there on Friday. Can't wait. Here and now it'll be fun. <laughs> now our guest. And now our guest. Uh, he's, a, he's a Hall of Famer. He is the president of business operations. His number's retired from the Kings. I mean, he is the LA Kings. We don't have to have a ceremony for him in here. Hey, Dave Taylor, suck it. <laughs> hey, Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Simmer, suck it. Luke Robitaille. Luke Robitaille, everybody. Ian? He's going to be brought in by Ian. There's hey, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> Hi, Luke. Oh, oh yeah. watch out for Sorry Arnie. About Arnie. Arnie gets a bit uh, handsy there. Arnie, Arnie's, nice. uh, Arnie's always in the way, Luke. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Yeah. How are you? Great. You didn't have to deal with any road closures to get here you came on a good day to the fox lot yeah, it's been good it's been good coming in i was lucky now where do you live in this big massive city i love the fact that you're wearing shorts because <laughs> you're the only guy in la wearing shorts <laughs> yeah, I right now i saw someone today and they're like yeah it's pretty chilly i'm like no it's not it's close to 70 degrees two years here and then you'll be coming in with yeah. pants and man it's cold <laughs> no. out of here but when you go to edmonton or saskatoon it's like this is always warm yeah. oh yeah oh, it was minus about minus 20 when i was at edmonton this past weekend i have to pack the long johns because we're yeah we're heading to saskatoon on uh, thursday Day. Oh man, that's just great. I haven't talked about Saskatoon in years. Oh yeah, I love it. Not, yeah. a, not a lot of Saskatoon talk in LA. <laughs> no, no, not much. <laughs> what about Hull? When's the last time you got back to Hull? Uh, it was probably about three, four years ago. Yeah, yeah. I've been to Ottawa, Ottawa last year, but I wasn't able to go to the Hull. But uh, I love to go back there. It was awesome. I was. I just want to. I want to ask you about this. Sixty-eight I, goals. In no, my mind, I think of playing junior hockey in Hull. It must have been the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> all the crazy stuff <laughs> happening in Hull at that time. It was a. Let's just say it was a lot of fun because <laughs> all the bars, all the bars in Ottawa closed like in those days. Like I yep. think. At, at twelve forty-five was last call. Yeah, right. and the bars in yeah. hall used to close at four a.m. Yeah, so we used to just we, our ga- our home games were Sunday night or Tuesday night. So we would wait by one. The place the place would be packed. Amazing, because <laughs> I went I went to school in Ottawa, and uh, we'd always say, "Okay, we're going to hell." And yeah. then we take the cabs over to and Hall. Who, whoever and showed up was drunk. <laughs> yes, know, exactly. Know. Yeah, that's the best thing. Everyone was ready to party <laughs> when they showed up. And but now Hull is Hull even exists or is it just Gatineau now? It's Gatineau now. Yeah, they changed that. Now. Huh? Mm-hmm. I, it's too bad. Yeah, it is too bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But cool. yeah, I was looking at your numbers here. One hundred ninety-one points in eighty-five, eighty-six. Uh, that did anyone else playing? <laughs> <laughs> and this is my first interview, Nelly, when actually guys actually know my stats in <laughs> yeah. junior. This is great. Yeah, that's right. We're starting. To, we're starting with junior. Well, and the other thing was you weren't drafted high because people didn't trust your skating ability, which yeah. blew my mind. Yeah. And then, so when you got and LA was one of the only teams that was interested yep. in you. And so when you got, the, what was that like? You're you're a kid from Quebec. You get to LA and you're just right off the top. Did you love it right away? Yeah, I like you know what I was dra- there was one scout that believed in me from and he lived in Ottawa so he saw all of our games my first year and he's the guy that drafted me so 
I mean, I remember looking at a map, see how far it was, and then landing here. My first time we landed was that we had played a preseason game in Vancouver, and then we came in, it was about 1 a.m., and when you come in in L.A. and you just see the lights forever. Forever, yeah. It's the weirdest thing, and, and I couldn't, I was on the left side of the plane coming in, so I couldn't find any high-rise building, and I was like, <laughs> where's downtown? There's no downtown, it's just lights forever. <laughs> and I remember coming in, and it was uh, in September, and it was actually cooler than I thought it was going to be at night. And I saw, uh, at the time, my, our coach, Mike Murphy, his wife, and I was a beautiful blonde. I'm like, wow, this place is cool. <laughs> 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 to, to put the size of the city in perspective, uh, the Great Cup was just in Regina. Mm -hmm. uh, the Riders, congratulations, Riders, for uh, winning the Great Cup. Uh, unreal news for the CFL. But they showed an aerial shot of the stadium, of Mosaic, <laughs> where the game was being played. And like four blocks beyond the stadium, the city ends. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like tundra. Yeah. It's a small city. It really <laughs> is. It's 200,000 But yeah, I I'm glad you it's brought amazing. it up landing in L.A. That's what struck me first. You're like, where does the city, where does it end? It just uh, no, exactly. goes on forever. It's so weird. It's pretty it's And ha amazing. have you moved around the city? Like, have you lived in different parts yeah, of the city? Yeah, my first year, I lived with Marcel Dion in Palos Verdes. Wow. So that was pretty cool. I'm in Redondo, cool. just down yeah. the hill yeah. from PV. So I was there, and then I moved near Westwood at UCLA, and then I've been near Beverly Hills at Home Beals. Now we're in Santa Monica. We love it. Yeah. That's where I live. Is that? We can hang out. We're neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, now what, well, you were in Palos Verdes and with Marcel Dion. Well, like, what yeah. was that like living with Marcel? <laughs> oh, it was when you so first cool. I mean, it, you know, he just, he asked me uh, what I wanted to do if I made a team, and I just said, oh, I just would love to live in a boarding house. I just want to play the game. And yeah. It, most kids that used to come in Hollywood in those days would be like, if I go to L.A., I'm going to go out. I'm going to live in Hollywood and yeah. enjoy it. So he, he hadn't had any kids saying that. So he took me under his wing, and it was it was great. I mean, it was the greatest house. It was Remember Tiger Williams? Yeah. Yep. Tiger Williams started calling me lucky, like by game two in, my, in the <laughs> NHL. And if you remember, it with a crooked nose yeah. and the way oh, he yeah. spoke, and he goes... Uh, Guy, he kept calling me Lucky in, you know, in the locker room. Guys, why are you calling him Lucky? And in those days, we had Morris Lukowicz, and everybody called him Luke, so we'd both turn around. And he goes, well, he goes, this kid, <laughs> he played his first game in the NHL. He took his first shift and scored his first goal. And he goes, he lives in the biggest house, and he drives to practice in a Mercedes. That's lucky to me, so I'm going to call him Lucky. So he gave you the nickname. Yeah. And if Tiger Williams gives you a nickname, you just go Oh, you, you just go. go. I was so scared of him. I had heard he didn't like French kids. I was like, I was like thank you, Mr. Williams. That was a great impression. That's amazing. I loved it. Bang on, actually. I love it. Um, no offense to Marcel, but has he ever found a hat off the rack that fits him? That's a big head. You're he's right. Got, <laughs> he's got an enormous body. We, Remember Ryan Ty Domi? Ty Domi used right. to have to wear the XL7s. That's right. Because I grew up in Peterborough, so he was the only one on the Peterborough Peets that wore an XL7 because <laughs> the other helmets wouldn't fit him. Ryan RPA would have to do the same thing. <laughs> in, in Winnipeg, there was a garbage can. Like for years, we would go there, and, and the can, the way it looked, it looked like a helmet with a hole in the front, and someone had written <laughs> Domi in the back with his number. <laughs> and every team would go there, we'd all laugh, and every time we'd play, and we'd say, I saw you, you left your helmet in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic. That's amazing. So tell me, like, a typical day for you now, president of business operations. What's a typical day for Luke Robitaille? Well, we run all the business, you know, everything that's revenue generated. You know, we're trying to generate new revenue with our team. So it's 
it's it's every day. It's sponsorships, ticketing. It's uh, you know what we do in the community. You know all the charitable work that we do, and it's just nonstop. It's a it's a it's a job every day, and it's a lot of fun because for us, we rebuilt our organization the last seven years. Yeah. It took us a few years. We got Dowdy, Kopitar, and all these great players, and it's been a lot of fun to kind of build a new co- culture in the city. And you know our fans are believing in what we're doing right now. And yeah. it's interesting because, uh, you know, I think we just came from Canada and, and people are always asking us, like, what's hockey like in, Can- in the States? And I think here in L.A. specifically, the market is so good and better than I think a lot of Canadians mm-hmm. realize. Yeah. Uh, just because, not just of the success you guys have had recently, but you've ridden a lot of the ups and downs, the Gretzky mm-hmm. yeah. years, then some down years after that maybe. Yeah. Now it's come back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But always that hardcore group of fans yeah. that have stayed here that you've always known about, yeah, right? Yeah, we have some hardcore fans. I mean, they've been following us for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like we didn't make the playoffs for eight years, and we were still averaging 17, 18,000 a game right. every night. Right. You, know? and you you think of the Islanders where, you know, it's supposed to be a great hockey market. Yeah. They can't draw more than twelve, thirteen thousand, 13,000, and that's... You know, I, I think we're lucky that we have some great fans that have been following us, supporting us. What we're working on now, because we're better, it's obviously to grow the base and grow a lot of people who have never seen hockey or didn't grow up playing hockey exactly, and make yeah. them watch hockey. Yeah. Now, you must have seen a lot of gimmicks in which the Kings, uh, before you got into the executive mm-hmm. role, yeah. to get people to the rink. Yeah. Like, it must have been the Wild <laughs> West back then. My, my, well, my first few years on the job, I mean, we were dead last, and that's when we picked up uh, Drew Dowden's. So we had every promotion you could ever imagine. We found out every culture that live in the city. We had a special night for them. <laughs> it, was a, it was a lot of fun just to, just to learn what was going on in this, in this town. But, uh, you know, over, over the years, I've seen different gimmicks, but... I think as an organization, we try to stay pure to the game and let the, the, the guys be out there. But if I were to say one that was funny for us is uh, in the 90s when we had this third jersey that looked like the Burger King jersey, like some kind of like <laughs> the bur- that was wor- voted the worst jersey in the history of the game. I don't yeah, remember that yeah. one. Which one was that? Yeah, it was like, it was like, like Luke said, it was like the Burger King guy. Yeah, that's what they the call their fans. Okay, I should say that McDonald's our big sponsor, but <laughs> yeah. it, but it was the worst jersey, so it's good. But they went through go. a they went through a time when they tried to do all that stuff. Like the oh yeah, I remember yeah. that guy? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> what like what what year was that? What year? That was in it, 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 Gretz was still there. Yeah, so yeah, it's kind of sad that Wayne got the word. Yeah, jersey. that's that's. <laughs> he so, also wore those. Brutal blues jerseys, though, too. Oh, that's right. He did that. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> I remember when uh, when the Gretzky trade happened, and everyone thought you would be involved in the trade going back to Edmonton, and mm-hmm. Jimmy Carson was involved going back to Edmonton. Yeah. You got to say, well, first of all, just the thought thought process of what that was like for you when he arrives here. Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, growing up, and then when I was in Hull, uh, Wayne owned our team right. last year. So he was my idol. That's the guy I looked up to and everything I did. You know, I thought he was the greatest. And uh, and when I heard about the rumors coming in, at the time, our owner, Bruce McNall, he had told uh, Steve Deshane, Jimmy Carson, and myself he would never trade us. And uh, from what we heard, I've never confirmed it with him, is the last few days, uh, I think Glenn Saylor wanted to have one of the young guys. And uh, Jimmy Carson being a center, and we had Bernie Nichols at the time and Wayne, he kind of knew if by Wayne coming in, his ice time would be a lot less. So he's the one that talked to Bruce and said, look, if Wayne comes, even though I would love to play with him, I don't think I'll play a lot. Mm-hmm. It won't be good for my career. Probably better that I go. Right. That's how he went because he wasn't going to trade any of us. And 
I don't know how much if Edmonton was interested in me, but you know, I'm glad I stayed in LA, and it was for me to play with Wayne. It was unbelievable. So it it happens. Was it like we perceived it to be different? Because we're obviously in Canada at the time, and and we see you know all of a sudden the stars are showing up. Like mm-hmm. was it an overnight change for you guys in terms of the people who came to the games and the interest in the team? Yeah. It was it was overnight. I mean, you know, that's the year McNall to change the jerseys, right? And uh, and it was right away from the get go. I mean, everything changed. I mean, the the press was like quadruple what it what it was before the year before we were doing well we were selling out every game towards the end of the year like we had a good young team and everything but when it was when it was like everybody was coming and bruce mcnall was probably one of the greatest promoter ever he had a row of seats right on the glass and he made sure every night he had different celebrities come in he hired a publicist we had an event every time we went to do a game post game there was always an event. It was it was pretty crazy. It was fun for us because we we couldn't believe. It. And plus, he'd bring everybody in the locker room post game. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty neat. You know, it was different. So that put hockey on the map. Yeah. Um, is that what the Coyotes need? Something like that, just a kick in the butt where they they've got an Ovechkin or a Crosby, and you say, okay, well, look at this. The the building's full now. Yeah. Well, they're not going to get those guys. <laughs> no, I know. But that's <laughs> that's not going to happen again. That's the thing. Yeah. But it, it's so uh, that's a once in a lifetime where I a superstar so. like I that. Mean, well, there is know, only one Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, so, there's yeah. only one Wayne. I, I don't see that happening again. I, I think Phoenix can build it, but it's going to take him a little bit of time. I mean, it was hard. I mean, no one wanted to go. You wouldn't want to buy season seats if you think first of all there's only two, three thousand people in the in the stadium, and you could buy your tickets exactly. any night you want. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't know what the owner who if the team's going to be there the year after like yeah. there's no reward to keep in your seat you're like they're going to go so and for players you don't want to sign there i mean you don't want to move your family yeah. there with the thought well maybe i'm going to have to move my family a year later or something you know like all of it it was all working yeah. against them for so long so i think it'll be interesting to see where they're at in about two to three years you know i mean they got a good team they play well every night and, yeah uh, good gm know, good coach great gm great yeah. coach and they got some good people so It'll be interesting to see what happened in the next two years there. Now, the, the mentality, sorry to cut you off, the mentality um, when in your playing days here maybe was like the Coyotes still have it right now. I think they're trying to usher it out. But guys, maybe not near the tail end of their career, but they just want to they want to go live a nice lifestyle. They want to uh, be warm when they play. Did you find any guys like that here in L.A. that found this as just a <coughs> destination, not as, ah, I'm not going there to win? I think it was before me. I mm-hmm. mean, if you look in, in the Kings history, like in the 70s, they traded literally everyone their first round pick <laughs> up to this guy <laughs> named Jay Wells that we honored this year. We never had a first round pick for like the first eight or nine years we were in the, in the league. It's amazing. And I think in those days, there was a lot of guys that were near the end of their career and they were just finishing and trying to pocket some money. But I'd say now all the guys that come in here or have come in here in the last 10, 15 years, they, since the Gretzky era, there's always been this pressure to succeed here, even though the yeah. team wasn't doing yeah. well. But but kind of Wayne changed that, and we've had a lot of fans that have followed us since, too. And even before that, like with the Triple Crown line, and like yeah. you said, Marcel and Charlie yeah. and Dave Taylor. And, and these guys were playing hard. They were you great know, players. you got to have the right team. you got to have the goaltending. You can have some great score, but if you don't have the goaltending and couple key defensemen i mean you're not going to win you know the big games in this league yeah can we fire some rapid fire at you yeah all right let's try it goalie that you saw on the schedule when you were playing you said oh crap we got to face him tonight well i didn't look at the schedule in that way but definitely when you saw patrick or dominic hasek you were like crap it's going to be hard tonight how crazy was hasek 
at, at, like on the ice. Was he was he cra- as crazy as he seemed off the ice? He, he, he's a little nut. Yeah, <laughs> I played with him in Detroit, I, so I can tell you that I played yeah. with him in Detroit, and he's he's definitely got an edge. But it, this guy was nuts in practices too. He remembered every goal you scored in practice on him. Wow. Which I, he, I remember we'd have two on one, and you just take a shot, you score top shelf, and at the end of practice, like, hey, look. What do, what do you see? What do you see when you shoot? I'm like, what? <laughs> like the, sco- the, the goal you score on me. And like, what do you see? Do you see lots of room? And like, yeah, holy crap, he remembered all the goals. That was, that was impressive. This this guy was, like, he worked hard, but he, he, he lived hard too. Hey, you play, <laughs> yeah. And you played with uh, Chelly a little bit. You played yeah, with Chelly yeah. a little bit. What was that like? He that was, was like awesome. That? I mean, yeah. he, you know, I, against him, he was probably the toughest competitor I've ever played against. And then to play with him and to see how hard he worked every day. I mean, he was in his 40s when I was there, and he was still very insecure. He wanted to be the best every day, every day, and every practice, every game. And uh, you know, he was he was a special guy. I mean, it's amazing. Even today, he could probably go back on the ice and play. He's such a great shape. <laughs> you know? He it's really amazing. is an incredible yeah. shape. I mean, the fact that he ended his career in the American Hockey League says all you need to yeah. know about that guy. Yeah. Willing, the fact that he was willing to go down there yeah. and try to work his way back at 48 years yeah. old or whatever. He, lo- he loved the game. Yeah. I mean, he still does. It's, yeah. it's amazing. You know, I was uh, last week, I went to the Hall of Fame when he was in. It was, it was, it was great, you know, because when you know how much he loved the game, it was pretty neat just to be there. Yeah. What was that like? And then Shanahan's there, yeah. too. And it was like, must have been great. It was, this year. you know, those guys command so much respect. And, uh, you know, it was pretty neat to be there. And then, you know, they had Fred Shiro coming in, too, as a coach mm-hmm. of the Flyers. And it was kind of neat because you still see these guys from the Flyers. They still, Love the fact that they were the toughest passers. <laughs> <Sure, yeah, laughs> you, yeah. you listen to Bobby Why Clark. Go, yeah, yeah, we used to slash everybody, and it was great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's still it, it was talking about a it different today. era. You know, <laughs> it really was. It really now, how, was. how about uh, best atmosphere for a game that you're ever part of? Oh yeah, uh, I would say the old Chicago Stadium. Right, there yeah. was nothing like it. I mean, there's a lot of great buildings. Like Montreal's great, you know. And now you go to Winnipeg; it's it's really special. But the old Chicago Stadium, there was nothing like it. It was from the time when they did that an- national anthem, when everybody sang it was not sang but clap. I mean, it was just just something amazing. And you know, the last couple of years in the playoffs, the Kings. It's you know, every time the league comes in. They're like, man, this place is really loud. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're <laughs> shocked, good. you know. And if you go see a Lakers game in the playoffs and then you come to a season game against uh, in the Kings, it, people are blown away how alive, how alive our building is. So that's pretty neat. So you brought up Winnipeg and just it's been such a huge success that, yeah. you know, the league going back there. Yeah. So now, obviously, I have to ask you about Quebec, and, and there's mm-hmm. lots of talk that the league's going to go back to Quebec. Do you think it'll be equal success? I, I, I think if it goes to Quebec, it, it can't miss. Yeah. Uh, it's tough to move a team. I mean, you know, Atlanta's moved, but then there hasn't been another team that moved. So I don't know if there's a chance it'll happen or not, but we all believe Quebec could be good. We, we believe there's other markets that would be good, but think the league's doing the right thing on trying to make the markets they have not work because yeah. you want to do that first like i think phoenix deserves a chance now that they have the re- a real owner you look at florida they deserve a chance to have another owner and this guy wants to push it there and you know i i don't know what's going to happen if it's going to happen but if you ask me could it work in quebec city i think so if it's working i think it's awesome yeah. uh, another team in toronto even i mean two other teams mm-hmm. in toronto. are they still building that <laughs> rink there <laughs> 
I don't know what's going on with that Markham yeah. rink. I'm not sure yeah. what's happening there. But yeah. again, like we're just you know we live there, and it, just the appetite for hockey and the population. I mean, they have three teams in the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area. You'd think you could have at least two yeah. in the Toronto. Well, as I was make the mayor, to, the GM at the Staples <laughs> yeah, Center, Rob Ford. Yeah. <laughs> at the <laughs> Staples Center, you got two basketball teams yeah. and a hockey team and all playing works. in the same season. Yeah. Yeah. You could do you could do that in Toronto easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had front row seats to uh, watch Wayne Gretzky play. What made him the greatest? Uh, I mean, it, you know, obviously his vision was amazing. He invented new things for the game. He was the first one to go behind a net and make plays. And, and what always amazed me, because I was a student at the game, because like you said earlier, I wasn't the fastest. I had to learn, and I always try to pick up what I could do. And what Wayne did that, you know, I'm, I know he did it, and he knew what he was doing, but I don't think anybody could figure it out. He said he did everything against the grain. If a guy was going left, he went right, and he just did it. Was, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, it, it, and, and I would say, too, his drive, like if he had two goals and two assists, and in the third period there was five minutes left, you know, he was going to get two more goals. I mean, it was amazing. He just went on and on. And then, and then probably his biggest quality, if the game was 2-2, and if he was having an off night, whatever player does, you know, with 10 minutes left out of nowhere, he would probably create eight scoring chances for our team. <laughs> and, it, and not one or two. I mean, it was like six, seven, eight. And the bigger the moment, the bigger he was. It was amazing. Like this guy, I remember in, uh, was it in 98, we went to the Olympics and they didn't put him up for the shootout. Yeah, now I can remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was no, like, I, I don't care how bad people say he was on the shootout. He would have scored. He would have found a way. He was yeah. Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. He always found a way. Yeah, there's <laughs> to be that big. picture burned in my head. Yeah, him yeah. sitting by himself on the bench after. Yeah, no, I was hurt was there. Last, uh, I, was, I was like, are you kidding me? He's Wayne Gretzky. It's, yeah. He loved that pressure. He would have scored. It, it might have been and roll over the goalie's shoulder and yeah. his skate went in but yeah. you know that and was it was amazing. all just he was just born with the talent like I don't yeah. he didn't hit the gym or hit the weights no. or anything no but his dad you know worked with him they did a lot of drills in the backyard on the outdoor rink his dad used to make him turn because he he turned better than most players you know he did a lot of little things better and he never and seemed to get hurt too. Like no, he never. He, 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 the guys couldn't. I mean, I know everybody says, "Oh, they're not hitting him because he's winning." They couldn't hit him. Yeah. I mean, that's how quick he was. I mean, he, like I said though, he was always against the grain, so it was hard for guys to figure out. Like if everybody was going to the corner, he was skating out of the corner. Like he, he knew how to read the game better than anybody. He was a guy. He'd be on the bench, and he would know. Like the the play was on the right side, and he'd be yelling to be a guy hurt on the left side. You know, he always knew. Finished the game, he knew each guy on both teams their stats. It was amazing. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah real. And yeah. and how does the NHL get more scoring? Because that's what they're always after. They the, the goalies' equipment's a bit smaller this year, but mm. the the goals are down. It's it's tough. I mean, you look at our game. If you if you go back in the eighties, defensemen on a good team, defensemen there's six defensemen. No, Sometimes I know in the U.S. not everybody knows the game. So. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> there's six defensemen. So you know the first defensemen were always good. If you took Boston those days with Ray Bork and uh, maybe Kluzak that was there, but defensemen four, five, and six were big slow guys. Today yeah. four, five, and six they're guys that can skate. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're big and they can skate and they get there quicker. So that's number one. It's The game is a lot faster and guys are bigger. And the goalies are 
They're twice better, the right? size. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's not just the equipment. I mean, you look at the kid in Tampa Bay, six foot seven. Yeah, Bishop. I mean, he can make yeah. a lot of mistakes. And I mean, you look at uh, Jonathan Quick on our team; he's still six two or six three, and he's still two hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah, I mean, Rogi Vashon was probably one hundred and sixty pounds, wow. five six or yeah. something. You know, look and at, these look at Panger. Panger. It's the same yeah. net. Yeah, yeah, Panger. It's the same yeah. net. Yeah. It's still four by six. And the goalies now—they're raised to be a goalie from like the age of five six. Yeah. yeah. When Back in the day, like I remember talking to Gilles Gilbert, he says, I was the only guy who wanted to play net, That's so right. I was always just the goalie, and then yeah. he ends up getting to the NHL. I mean, definitely the equipment is still big, and, but these guys are all butterfly to cover the bottom of the net. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, you watch it's a whole different footage. Era. Of, oh, Dan whatever. always says, you know, watch Jerry Cheevers or something. He oh, yeah. never goes yeah, down. Yeah, my you favorite know? was the trying to stop it with the side of their leg oh, yeah. save. <laughs> So Guy Lafleur would take a slap shot well, from on the across ice. the wall <laughs> score all along the ice. <laughs> you can't score on the ice no. anymore. Look, if you watch TV, yeah. you never see a goal on the ice. Yeah. It used to be we used to go on a two-on-one, and if you passed it across, because the de- the coach used to say the pass cannot go across. The defenseman's job is to cover the guy who doesn't have the puck, and the goalie is a shooter. So if the pass went across, literally you could see some whole old highlight. The goalie's almost like. It's your fault. He doesn't even try. He almost points his stick at the other end. He's like, it's your fault. And the guy could just shoot in the empty net And the other time. thing, like some shots, the goalies don't, it just goes over their glove, and yeah. you're like, okay, in today's day and age, if a goalie let that in, like he would be shamed. Yeah. No one even looks at the goalie. They're like, yeah, 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 the guy was, scored. It was a good goal, even though good he shot. never moved for it. Yeah. I always think of uh, Henderson's goal on Tretiak in the 72 Summit Series. It really looks like a weak goal. He's just sort of <laughs> in front. That's right. Just sort of it sweeps does. it home. You know, Tretiak's like, oh, I'm the best goalie in the world. <laughs> uh, whatever we lost <laughs> it's just bizarre uh, um, Luke we have to thank you for coming yeah, in yeah this is Thanks, really guys. awesome oh we should mention uh, I know you're doing a March of Dimes tournament oh yeah uh, I think you're doing a March of Dimes tournament or maybe know. I got incorrect right. information about that do we want to promote anything else like charity yeah. stuff well our charity stuff with the Kings we always do a ton of stuff but uh, during the holiday we have an outdoor rink you guys should come and show your skills. Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, and we do like the month of giving. So at LA Live, right next to every night we do an event that we try to donate uh, money for charity. So we do with the Kings and AEG, the company that owns us. So it's pretty neat. And then, come on, guys, the outdoor game, freaking yeah, Dodger Stadium. Right. Rogers Stadium. A lot of Canadians are coming awesome. down to that. Yeah. yeah, I think that's going to be a lot that's of fun. What do you really think cool. of that? that that's going to be pretty interesting. Oh, it's great. We you know we we pushed the last four years with the league to get it, and this year we were lucky they were doing a few more games and, yeah. and we thought it was the greatest thing for us to kind of expose the game to more fans and you Dog. know plus I, I kept reminding them in 91 we played in Vegas outdoor that's right you know yeah. <laughs> so I was like it was yeah. done yeah. Come on, guys ice. it was great except the grasshoppers would you know they'd see it was bright <laughs> on the ice yeah. so they go where it's light so the grasshopper these big giant grasshopper would jump on the ice and then by the second jump they'd freeze so, like, on the ice, by the end of the period, it'd be everywhere. Remember, the guys would be tossing them with their sticks. Get ready for the grasshopper bowl. That would it's be coming. fun. That's it's awesome. Be good. Well, it was a pleasure All to right, meet you, guys. sir. Thank nice you so to meet much. you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, welcome to, to LA, guys. Thank yes, you very thank much, you so Luke. Much. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be down there. We'll show you our skills down in LA Live. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks, okay, guys. Take yeah, care. Okay, See bye. you, my friend. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Ian. Good job, Ian. Fun. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, was, I could have talked all that. No wonder he's so popular here, right? And again, he looks like he... First of all, yeah, he hasn't like, aged. Wow, those jerseys. 
Yeah. I forgot. I yeah. completely I forgot remember about those. seeing Gretzky. I don't know if we can show. Yeah, we'll get a pickup. But yeah, oh, those yeah. are classic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those are like. Who, I'd like They're to like be in the, the design Steelers meeting throwbacks. where they pitch that and they say, yeah, that so looks great. I believe that, those jerseys and the uh, the Mighty Wing, Mighty, mighty Ducks? Ducks jersey yeah. where it was like the wing the, guy. What had like the, Dis- the Donald Duck. Yeah, movie. like the Donald yeah. Duckish kind of looking guy. They had like a series of jerseys that all came out on the same time. I think it was when Fox had the NHL contracts. Yeah. Speaking of NHL contracts... Yeah, it was, uh, so again, the news broke this morning. We're taping this on Tuesday, November 26th. Our old network, TSN, uh, discovered that they no longer have NHL rights at the end of this year. And you know it's big when we come into work and people in the United States, in L.A., are asking us about it. Yeah, I mean, this was, uh, we found out about it Monday night, uh, along with the rest of the world, after, strangely enough, but not surprisingly, TSN's Bob McKenzie broke the news that Rogers got the NHL rights deal, which is pretty funny in itself. Yeah. But uh, the, the the amazing thing about this deal to me is the twelve. It's a twelve year deal. That's right. You know, like if it was a five year deal, I would I would say, well, you know, five years, and then who knows what happens. But man, twelve years is a long. I mean, we're going to be fifty. For those uh, not in the know, uh, it's so Rogers, uh, another big communications company in Canada. 12 years, $5 billion to essentially have uh, whatever they want to put on as far as NHL goes. They've and got everything. I mean, they're running NHL center ice. So they can do like like a, almost like a direct TV with red zone thing where they, you know, they'll run center ice. They'll probably have someone who can tell you what the, where the games are on, on different Rogers channels. Um, man, they just froze Bell out of it. I yeah, mean, they 12 just, years, they that's went the big one. It. As I was emailing a friend today, I'm like, it's sad because we know so many people within TSN that poured their heart and soul into uh, the NHL and TSN broadcasts and uh, in everything behind the scenes and uh, in front of the camera. And then in 12, kids are going to grow up not even knowing TSN had hockey. Yeah. Like, you'll talk to them, it's like, in 12 years. That's yeah. a long time. Kids, what, TSN had hockey? No, they didn't. What are you kidding me and it's uh like i say in uh my uh, best-selling book anchor boy available now uh you cannot be too brand loyal in our business because things can change in a day i mean a week ago if you would have said tsn's not going to have hockey for 12 years hockey night in canada on cbc will probably not exist in four years that's the other big thing about this deal when we first heard it reported on monday night we were kind of under the impression that cbc and rogers had gone together and that Hockey Night in Canada would remain on, on Saturday nights and all that. Well, now it's still going to for four years. But ultimately, most of the games are going to be on different Rogers channels, including City TV. And ultimately, you feel like they're going to phase out the CBC. And not only that, but Rogers basically owns the Hockey Night in Canada brand. Like, they almost did CBC a favor by allowing them to stick around for four more years and essentially play it out, you know, to play yeah. us out, as they say. So TSN is going to... Finish this year, then they have the draft, and then it's... And it's then it's done. And then they have World Juniors and curling. But, I mean, here's the thing. Just with the- nope. I don't know what happened there. Um, here's the thing. Sportsnet survived for the last eight years without exactly. a national hockey yeah. deal. TSN's not going to go away. Um, they're going to be fine. And, uh, you know, the only thing I worry about is... Uh, 
I don't really care about these massive communications companies. We're just worker bees like everyone else. I just worry about the people like Dan said. I worry more about the people behind the scenes. Yeah. Because uh, the James Duthies and Bob McKenzie's and Darren Dreggers, they're too talented and they'll be fine. They'll probably all end up at Rogers or wherever if they want to, or they'll just stay at TSN and continue to do great work. It's the people behind the scenes I worry about more than anyone. And I hope that there are enough jobs, and I think there will be, that all the great people, the producers, the directors behind the scenes at TSN can move over to Rogers or wherever they want to go and continue to work in this business. Because for me, it's like I've always said, it's no sense in being too loyal to anyone. The important thing is that as many talented people can work in our industry as possible for as long as they want to work. That's right. Um, I, I just see more hockey programming being made by TSN, uh, almost like an NHL on the fly kind of thing, if they're able to do that, right. like the NHL network does right now. Right. The problem is, again, I think Rogers kind of controls the NHL network now. Like, they've really, it's a hell of a deal for Rogers. Well, I mean, that's a lot of money. They, they put out a ton of dough. They can probably put their own employees into games if they want. For the little I know about the negotiations, like, I think TSN was just like, holy crap, I can't believe you guys are spending that much money. <laughs> you know, like, I think yeah. they were just like floored. I think they thought they were in the negotiations the whole way and everything was going okay. And then I think, now, having said that, you know, I think uh, Keith Pelly, who used to run TSN and then went to run the Toronto Argonauts and now runs Rogers Media, as soon as Keith got hired by Rogers, I feel like, you know, this, the writing was on the wall in a lot of ways because Rogers isn't going to hire a guy like Keith. He used to work at Fox, by the way, um, with our boss, Eric Shanks. Rogers isn't going to hire a guy like Keith without the intention of making a massive splash. And Sportsnet went for 15 years, trailing TSN, never quite getting over that hump. Even They, with the they had chase. a stretch of like four years where they had hockey. They had the hockey there, but they still didn't catch up to TSN yeah. ratings-wise. And uh, and you just knew, like, you know, Keith had to do something. It was, it was um, all on him, really. You know, it was way more important for Sportsnet to get that deal than it was for TSN to lose it, I think. And obviously, in the end, that's what happened. I feel... Also, you know, it's unfortunate about the CBC, too. I mean, there are lots of talented people there. and So, again, I just hope everyone can find work. And But, you know, uh, Dan and I did not know anything about the deal and had nothing to do with it. <laughs> you must have saw the writing on the yeah. wall. No. Uh, we were talking to people, at, at least I was talking to people at TSN last week. Said, yeah, we're just finishing up the, the contract. And, yeah. you know, we uh, might have some different games and such. But, uh, yeah, it's... Nothing uh, too I think, crazy. I think everyone thought that TSN and Sportsnet and CBC would come to some sort of agreement where they all split games. Exactly. And that's kind of what I was hoping would happen, you know, that you know, Sportsnet could grab some more games and have more of a presence. But uh, I will say this. I'm very impressed with all the employees of all the networks and the way they've handled this on Twitter and stuff. No one's been too snarky. Well, People have been pretty gracious, I think. There might be some poaching from... From uh, Rogers, well, you know, one of our uh, former colleagues, I think, had the best post. You know, and I mean this in the best way possible. He was like, I, I would actually feel more threatened if I was a Sportsnet employee because, you know, it, just because Sportsnet gets the rights doesn't mean everyone on air there gets to keep all their jobs and become the hosts of everything, right? I mean, it doesn't necessarily work out that way. So I think it's, um, you know, everything's up in the air, so to speak. I think anything could happen, but. Um, yeah, I just hope it works out for everybody. And you now we're thinking of all our friends at TSN. Yeah, uh, and we say congratulations to Rogers, but uh, they know it's bittersweet. And um, kudos to them for not uh, running around the streets and uh, putting it in everyone's face. Yeah, I so. think they've, they've handled it really, really well, actually. Yeah, because I think there's a lot of respect uh, between the two companies. And they 
own the who do they own together? The Toronto Maple Leafs and Toronto yeah. Raptors and <laughs> <laughs> So they are in cahoots. That's the only awkward thing, you know, like there there's like a couple of Rogers board <laughs> members, a couple of Bell board members of MLSC and it's like when they get together now that must be fascinating. But anyway. Uh, you want to chat with Taggart? I just had a question. Oh yeah, for sure. our, for like our American yeah. audience. Yeah, and we apologize if what we just said. Well, I'm going to try to put it into it. like terms for for Americans. But yeah. was it something similar to like hockey on TSN was like the NBA on NBC, where it was just like a fixture? Totally. Where you had the, the the song to open it, and Marv Albert, and it's like the uh, and NFL on Fox. Like it's, right. I mean, and and I football is so competitive though because we I, have. It's different, though. The NBA on NBC was only on Sundays. The NFL right. was only on Sundays. This is spanning seven nights a week. Well, it's and but it's more akin to what Mike is saying about uh, NBA on NBC because you grew a lot of us grew up with that, right? right. The NBC, NBA on NBC, and it was Costas and Albert. And then all of a sudden, when that went away, it was like, whoa, what's going on? Like, how's ABC going to handle it? And uh, TNT has it. Now we're all used to that. But it is very similar to that. And that's it's funny you bring that up because I think about that. Like, it took ABC a long time to figure out the, the talent they wanted, right? They went through a bunch of different people. And I think it's going to be the same with Sportsnet and Rogers. Like, I think but it also gonna, depended on the talent in the league at the time because I, I'm pretty sure NBA on NBC went off like right Pretty much the around time the time Jordan left. Yeah. And then TNT got into it again with like LeBron and Kobe and their Yeah, the, was, But there was a dry spell, the Iverson yeah. years, when Iverson was really the biggest star in the NBA yeah. when it was probably Shaq, pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to Jacob Ullman, one of our... Um, our bosses uh, on the way in here at Fox, and he was telling me about the early days when Fox got the NFL. Right, and he said they did the same kind of thing. They blew everyone out of the water with their offer, and then they everyone's like, "Oh, are they going to have Homer Simpson in the booth doing yeah. games?" And now you think of the NFL and you think of Fox. Now, yeah, so. no, exactly. I mean, it, I mean, Rogers. Um, and then, you know, it's not just Keith Pelly running Rogers, Scott Moore, who used to run Hockey Night in Canada, used to work at TSM. You know, he'll be in charge of, I imagine, the whole kind of decision-making process of who gets hired. And those guys know what they're doing. They're, it's going to be a very professional operation. I just think it'll look significantly different than Sportsnet's hockey production looks now. Like, significantly different. Not to say there'll be uh, tons of different people. It'll just look different. Yeah, they uh, and then the NHL and TSN, as I said, they have the rights for that rest of the year, so they're going to continue to blow it out of the water. And they've they've reorganized and reimagined how the game's broadcast with uh, the... They, did so many? Yeah, you're right. So many. A lot in, of innovations. innovative things. It'll yeah. be fine though because sports fans deal with change perfectly fine. There's never yeah. any. Yeah, but again, we just feel for the people. Uh, I was kidding. He's being facetious. They're the worst. Oh, yeah, that's true. But maybe that's good wow. if you're a TSN fan. Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> gotta adjust, guys. Well, you know what? It is part of life. And it's a business, too. You know, that's what we got to remember. It's a business. And I think you guys are being modest, but for you guys to come here it was a huge thing in Canada. Um, well, geez, judging from our Twitter feed, yeah, we're still getting it every day. When are you guys coming back? When are you coming back? Hey, someday. Maybe hey, twel- we'll come back in 12 years. I'm wearing TSN shorts. gets the rights back. <laughs> I'm sure wearing shorts and T-shirt on November 26th. So, uh, Toolsy's never coming back, guys. No, I am. Um, did we get that uh, DVD from uh, KTLA yet? Uh, they do. They're in the same city. When I when I get it, <laughs> you will be the first to know. What? Okay, but right now for listeners, Dan is talking to Patrick. If someone was walking <laughs> it here from KTLA, kind of they'd be here by now. Patrick, right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to tell you. It's like the uh, I interrogating wow. Patrick right now. Toolsy's upset. Do we have Taggart on we the do. line? We do. Oh, hey Taggart. Hey guys, how are you? Buddy? Hey uh, Jeremy. Um. 
Jay and I were talking. I don't know if and, uh, we'll get everyone else in the room in on this. And um, we were talking about it on the desk because someone got a, uh, a birthday cake here at work the other day. And I uh, asked the, a gentleman on set, uh, Dan, our stage manager, I said, Do you, did you ever have uh, money in your birthday cakes? And Jay said, yeah, I had that because they put quarters and whatever. Yeah. Jim had it. Engineer Jim had yep. it. Yeah. And then he looked at me like I was crazy. Did you have money birthday cakes growing up? Never had money birthday cakes. I, I well, never had money to put in. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> to be honest, like back then, it was like two dollar bill was a huge deal when I was like seven years. Well, this was right. quarters. Yeah, it would always be. It, believe it or not, they put quarters in food for us to try. I'm, to not I'm still choke on. baffled. So you would like bite it? Oh, yeah. I got a quarter, and pull out the quarter <laughs> wrapped in saran wrap. Dirty. Yeah, the germs on currency. Oh that, yeah, that's no, disgusting. No, no, my mom would would wrap the coins in tin foil and stick them in. Foil, just, biting oh, on foil, yeah. even worse. <laughs> yes, that oh. was the only thing. Was na- if you bit oh, on the foil, God. it was like woo. Jeremy, did you have? But it this? was one one quarter. No. One, Mike, no, never. Patrick. Only one quarter. Oh, just one. Yeah, she put in nickels and dimes. <laughs> but if you got dime. the quarter, you scored. <laughs> she put in nickels and dimes. Score. <laughs> Patrick, no, I did. It's a it's a Mardi Gras thing, a Mardi Gras king cake. Oh, it's yeah. like a tradition down there. Uh, yeah. and so I mean, I've had that. So before. a Mardi Gras tradition found its way to Canada somehow. Oh, the French, French, French yeah. Sense. yeah, maybe the French brought it up. Okay, but isn't We're it like if you find the coin in your king of Mardi Gras or something like that? Huh? Mardi Gras is a baby. If you yeah. find the quarter, you die. Yeah. because you've choked on it. We put twenty bucks in your fudgy the whale cake. <laughs> you didn't find it. I haven't passed it yet. Uh, so, Jeremy, we just had your buddy here, uh, Luke Robitaille. Um, you we, have, you have we some had to, history he, with him. He had to run, but we, we, uh, yeah, we wanted to hear about your history with him. Well, he, he uh, when uh, I was hanging out with, with Avery when he was playing for the Red Wings when he was a rookie, he lived with Brett Hall. So we'd be hanging out with Brett Hall all the time and uh, – You'd have parties after the games and stuff, and Luke would always come over and Chelly and the whole team pretty much. And uh, Luke was always a, a good time. He was always the kind of the guy that would like bail right just at the right time, never get too banged up. Everybody <laughs> else would just keep it going, but he would always be out there right away. But yeah, he was always a, a really nice guy. A couple bowling tournaments I went to in LA when he was playing with the Kings, and a good guy. Oh yeah, he always supported his wife's music career. You know, she had a pretty cool, I don't know if she still does, but she was always uh, playing playing gigs around town. And one of my nice. best friends was her tour manager. Yeah, what? Yeah. And and he actually brought my wife to Luke's house uh, when they won the Stanley Cup when he was with the Red Wings. Yeah. And I have a picture of Luke pouring champagne into my wife's mouth from the Stanley Cup. Sounds At his house. Those are the Pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. Pretty cool. I saw the same thing, except it was Chris Jellios with a tequila bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's wife? Yeah, with my wife. <laughs> Play ball! She was in L.A. at the time. <laughs> might, have been, might have been her. My favorite uh, celebration picture forever uh, will be Chris Bosch pouring champagne into his oh, own yeah. mouth. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, there you go. Yeah. Have you ever seen? <laughs> what, what does it look like? I've never seen. Oh, you're gonna oh, see boy. it, Taggart. It Google looks, image that. It, does it, this look ridiculous? Let's just say a lot of penises have been photoshopped yeah. in for the champagne <laughs> bottle. All right, that's what it I looks get like. The deal there. I, you know, one time I was a uh, bat boy for the for the Yankees when they clinched the pennant in Toronto. What? Yeah, I remember I you telling to, me that. I got to hang out and do the whole thing with the champagne. <laughs> It was nuts. That's so funny. The one guy, the the regular bat boy there, he got like a cork in the eye from Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you got to go to the doctor. He's like, no, no, it just hit me right here. And he's like pointing at his temple. I'm like, yeah, man. That's, he's like, I'm a little dizzy. I'm like, yeah, you, you got to get out of here. <laughs> can, you know, Cano with that smile, like, yeah. He thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh, awesome. That it. was a great time. That, that bat boy. That's a hard gig. You, you wouldn't think, but you got to be like three steps ahead, and you got to keep an eye on everybody. And yeah, no one gives a shit about you. Yeah, the good <laughs> ones. It's like a, a sixth defenseman. It's like the good ones. You don't know they're there, right? Well, you always have to get like two bats of that one player, and then you got to make sure that it's it's the right one. And if if like that, you know, they have routines that they're, they're used to that you have no idea what they're talking about. So there's just a constant <laughs> learning thing that's going on. It's very uh, and that would have that would have been back in the day where uh, if they broke their bat during the at bat, they'd go back to the on deck circle and pine tar the new one. Now the the bat has to be pre pine tarred. Well, you know what? I, I was also blown away with how much pine tar. Like, I don't even know why they don't. Like, pine tar is everywhere. It's all <laughs> over the bat. It's up the barrel. It's so, like, I just, I never touched a bat at the bottom of it, and my hands were just covered in, in pine tar. And you can't get it off your happened hands. to that rule. Remember George Brett got oh, fired yeah. Oh, yeah. that? Oh, my God. They need yeah, some they... sort of calibrating <laughs> machine. Yeah, let's just use a darker bat so no one can tell. <laughs> Uh, did uh, did the Bat Boys get tipped? I know the locker room attendants get tipped by the players. Not not a dime for me. Wow. But I certainly had a good time. Oh, you had a great life experience. I did. I did. Uh, what's the uh, mood? We were just talking about the the big Rogers uh, NHL deal. How's how's things up there? You know, it's it's kind of bizarre. You know, it's really weird because you have like you know the master technicians going. You know, well, you know they're still going to do what they do, and I I guess we're kind of used to them doing that on Saturdays and other other big games and playoff games where they kind of come back and forth from analyzing stuff. So I think that's not going to change. But uh, the, the way it's going and where you see what's kind of happening with Rodgers, that's more the concern, you know, just yeah. seeing how powerful that they're going to get. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, in America, you have a little bit more of that. You know, there's a little bit. You guys are a perfect example with Fox, you know, being a – new and understanding that how important content is you know to to get your foot in the door right yeah there's so many more players down here too i mean it's like roger it's rogers and bell and that's it oh shaw i guess i'm forgetting good old shaw yes they didn't throw in some money do they have well they just probably went egad they looked at the numbers and threw that egad they just said that that noise. <laughs> We're not spending yeah, that money. Yeah, the, the thing we can't get over is the length of it, 12 years. That's, uh, that's a long time. Yeah, well, I mean, if you have the money, wouldn't you do that, right? Doesn't no, that I mean, sense? it makes total sense yeah. from a Rogers yeah. perspective. I'm just like, even from an NHL perspective, I don't quite get it. Because if you have now Bell, who's like, wow, we just got screwed. 
if they had a chance at five years to make amends, they would clearly do it. Exactly. Right? And they yeah. would clearly up the ante in a huge way. Well, uh, doesn't that isn't that make perfect sense with the way Batman's done things in the last twenty years? Of like, just like I'm gonna just take this big, huge piece, uh, biggest piece as possible, and just I would the, I would have loved to have been in the room where he got the phone call or got the email or got the envelope with the figure on it. Do you think it was an envelope just with a number <laughs> written in handwriting? In Keith he's Pelly's almost, handwriting? He's, he's almost on the cigarette boat leaving the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's where he, we're at with Gary Batman. But someone must have called him. How much is the deal for, Gary? Five, ba, ba, five, ba, 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 five, ba, ba, billion. <laughs> I just love how he sounds exactly like Paul Stanley. Same voice. Oh, we might have to do a comparison. Oh, you do have to do. Yeah, that. yeah. Yes. Paul Stanley and Gary Bettman. Oh, it's it's remarkable. They how even look a little bit like each other too. Yeah, if you can get like you know when Paul Stanley's <laughs> sitting there talking all normal, like you know how he talks chill, and just do them both together, it is quite. Uh, it's it's in, it's intense. Huh. I never I never even thought about that. Yeah, GB. He's made them a ton of dough, that's for sure, the NHL. Are you talking about Paul Stanley from KIF? I think yeah. so, yeah. Your mic's popping yeah, out. My mic's popping oh. the... There it is. Yuri, Paul Stanley from KISS, who always has to have two girls in a shower waiting for him after the show. Oh, really? Which is the biggest beard in the history of uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's really going on. Whoa. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Did you guys ever uh, ever play with those cats? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, a couple festivals here yeah. and there. Yeah. Duncan, actually, our bass player, grew up a massive KISS fan. Huge. Yeah. There's he certain the KISS army. Isn't there, like, Tagger, aren't there? There's a certain era of people who are just so into that band. And, like, yeah. no matter what they do... They'll just always be loyal. My to cousins, the Hobbins in Ottawa, they go to every concert yeah. within 500 miles of them and paint their faces. It was almost like if you were a certain age from like 75 to 79, you will never not be loyal. To La, wanna rock and roll now. Yeah. Or like, just like, you know, that band, like they were like a rock band and then they totally changed just to try and get hits with disco music, like overnight. And yeah. it was like, not even like, Halfway, it was so like apparent, full on Studio Fifty Four falsetto in the bridge, yeah. all the way, even zip guns and noises and whips. But it worked. That song, that song oh, yeah. just went full bore. Yeah, it worked. So, like a, a, a just a finger to their fans, man. It was. A, but it, if you say that to a Kiss fan, oh, I don't care. Screw yeah. you, man. Oh no, it, it, there's they'll never not be loyal to them. And then the other thing is like ruthless businessmen like Simmons and Stanley, where they just oh, shut the yeah, other guys man. out. And just <laughs> shut them out all together. Just like, no, you guys never were never a part of this, really. Amazingly hardcore, just classic, like two lawyers. Yeah. Well, Gene Simmons has his face and Kiss's face on everything, right? Like, he sells his own feces online, I believe. His own <laughs> excrement. Does he not? If I had no. pooped, yeah, he would. If I pooped in that motorcade, I, would, I could have sold some of that. <laughs> I think he sells foreskins. <laughs> Eugene Gene Kleiner. Simmons, t- Gene does not have a foreskin to sell, for sure. Yeah, he sells them, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> These are ones that I've been taken in by fans from around the world. <laughs> my friends and fans taking my foreskins. You can get one on kiss.com. Hey, we have some big news. You're coming down to join us in L.A. Yes, yes, it's booked. This is... I am coming to Los Angeles to 
get in that studio with you guys. This yeah. I'm coming, baby! <laughs> <laughs> for a big, crazy Christmas or non-partisan holiday, holiday, holiday extravagant. Our holiday show, yeah. So that's our first surprise, no longer a surprise, so we'll have to have some real surprises now. Yeah. For the holiday oh, We'll have surprises. Oh, will we? Oh, really? Except for, yeah. I will have surprises, I wow. guarantee it. Can you surprise we, us, too? We was no. I not supposed to tell everyone Taggart was coming? No, no. no. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure I was No, I got better surprises than just, just me coming down. Oh. 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 Hey. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. You ready, Jim? No hamsters. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, Taggart, what do you got uh, cooked up for us? <laughs> Story? Yeah. It is. Ronnie Taggart? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that you 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 made sure that the the Twitter verse knew that you were telling a Ronnie Taggart. Oh, they've been waiting. It's two weeks. It's two weeks in a row of road stories to Ronnie stories. So yeah, I I, I actually called my dad earlier to verify everything in the story to get it. <laughs> <laughs> and Ronnie, I even I even made points. Oh I really? It out. Yes, I have points. Oh, wow, bullet points. This is like yeah. a presentation. <laughs> yes. yes. This takes us back to, like, the early 50s in the Bronx. And my dad had just moved over there uh, from Glasgow as a kid. Well, he moved to the Bronx. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah, he's, it's, it's a great story. Uh, just his, his whole story is amazing, but just this period is classic because he's in the Bronx, New York, in the early 50s when, you know, it was just like, you know, like the Bowery Boys and those old movies about her gangs and on the blocks and stuff. That's the way it was. And uh, he was in a gang called the Midget Baguchis. <laughs> His older brother were in the Senior Baguchis. And I'm not kidding. They, they were a real gang, like in their block. And they had this guy, Whitey Banks who was their leader, who, who had polio, so he had, like, one little skinny leg, but big, huge upper body, and he was just this psychopath, my dad said. He used, like, his, my dad uh, got his appendix out, and the first day that he saw him, he like, hey, Ronnie, and punches him right in the gut, right where the appendix was, and my dad's, like, oh my on the God. floor. That's how you always test if a surgery was successful. You, pun- <laughs> yeah. you punch the person where they had the surgery. Punch the person in the wound. Yeah, and an- another time... Uh, Give me a wound so, check. So, so friendly as to as to uh, because they had like a professor, uh, like a scientist type guy in this gang, and the scientist guy cooked up this electric chair that could run a seven hundred volt charge. So let's get Scotty in there, my dad, and they put him in this electric chair, and they give him a shot of this thing, seven hundred volts, and my dad said he couldn't even say anything because it was so intense. Because it's the and midget Benucci's. The, the Baguchis and, and Whitey's like, hit him with another one. And he did okay. with three of these things. Why did they engineer an electric chair? Because they were a gang in New York and they wanted to, like, one-up the next gang. They had a guy who knew science stuff and they figured if they could get a gang, a guy from the other gang and bring him in there and get, you know, information from This was full-on, man. Get Jimmy, in, get Jimmy in here. He knows that science stuff. Yeah, so one time, like, my dad's hanging out with, with one of the other, his buddies, and uh, some, some kid from a rival gang, he said it was like the Spartans or something, threw a Molotov cocktail at them, and it, like, blew up, didn't, didn't quite get them. But he ran back to his house, and he decided to manufacture some revenge. 
and uh, he he tried to build a, a light bulb like Molotov cocktail, and he he's he's putting uh, this is my dad's ten years old. He puts a little hole in the light bulb and he fills it with lighter fluid. Ooh. And guess what? He's smoking a dart in the bathroom while he's making this thing at ten years old. Jeez. The dart ends up catching this on fire. It falls on the ground, shatters, and he gets his pants are covered in all of this lighter fluid, so he's burned all over his legs. Third-degree burns all over his body. He has to be taken to the hospital. He gets bandaged up and wrapped up, and, uh, and his dad, being a, a bit of a, a nutcase-heavy drunk, uh, neglected to bring him back into the hospital for, for a couple weeks. So when they took the bandages off, they didn't realize it was all infected. Oh. So they, they, uh, you know, they put a piece of wood in his mouth because it was so painful, and they're oh. tearing off the, uh, the bandages, and it turns out it's infected everywhere, so he had to get five skin grafts all over his legs. Oh, my God. Up and and I, I take it the skin graft technology in the 50s probably wasn't as, a, as advanced as it is now. No, they would just tear off a piece of skin from the leg and put it right on there, and you'd just sit there and deal with it. They they did have certain anesthetic, but it was so painful. He was uh, seven months of recovery. And then he probably saw the gang again, and the guy kicked him in the legs. No, no, well, the the gang guys, it's funny because he's telling the story about these these guys. He's like, you know, it was a hard style, but they were good guys. Like when they found out he was leaving, you know, after... I guess they were there for about seven years, and and uh, they got a, a they put a big going away party for him out of stolen goods. They went and stole stuff from <laughs> the grocery stores and got all this stuff and had a big party for my dad before they left. I stole this so for your going away party. <laughs> it's classic, you know, Bronx, you know, city uh, old school stuff right there. I had no idea your dad grew up in the Bronx. So yeah, so that yeah, makes this real. all makes a little more sense now, Taggart. Yeah, when you have that smoking dart at 10 trying to make a Molotov cocktail, Holy come on. Man. Well, I think breath. if he was smoking a 10, he started late then. Uh, uh, yeah, in the back Bronx, in the 50s. Then, right? Yeah. yeah. Back then, nobody thought it was anything. That's that's when producer Tim started. I was watching um, all the uh, the JFK assassination uh, stuff this past week. Oh, was there anything about that on and, TV? And cutting, <laughs> cutting to the news anchors in Texas, and they're just all... Like darts and yeah. they're butting them out while they're on TV and they're Kronkite. interviewing people and yeah, oh, you could see so the smoke, Kronka. You could see the smoke. I, I tweeted that, that the last time my dad was in an actual barber chair was 1963 when that happened. That that actual <laughs> moment. He's never been in a professional like he's either cut his own hair or my mom has cut it ever since. Wow. Why he thinks like he he's cursed. No, it just like that's just the time when it happened. I would always think like, oh, is it traumatizing? He's like, no, no, I just that's how I remember it. No, like, why didn't you ever go to a barber? He's like, just never did. <laughs> All right. All right. And it's not that he's cheap. He just was like, I, th- this goes back to, again, like, oh, oh yeah, he, hasn't had a, he doesn't have a friend. There is no, like, guy to call, so why would he even bother going to a barber? Yeah. Doesn't go out. Right, right. He I'll cut go my out. hair in the, in the uh, bathroom here and take me ten minutes. <laughs> That's right. You just get some, uh, some sheep shears. <laughs> So Taggart, when, so Taggart, when you come out, we're gonna have to make you a, a cake filled with money. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then we should have Ian eat the whole thing and see if. <laughs> and see if and then he, sh- sh- 
<laughs> the podcast doesn't end until he passes all the money. <laughs> it's a <contest>. <laughs> <laughs> Ian's like totally agreeing to this silently, by the way. He's fine with it. Yeah. I'm cool with it, too. <laughs> uh, Tagger, thanks for coming on, bud. Thank you for the lengthy uh, Ronnie story today. That, that was today. fun. That was that was bizarre. How one. are his legs now? Well, he's never worn uh, shorts. He doesn't ever wear like he always wears pants. So, like unless it's like cooking hot, but uh, it's just his, there's looks kind of waxy. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That kind of. So waxy. no no barbers the, no barbers and no shorts. Yeah, you see the skin grafts everywhere too. But yeah, no barbers, no Oof. shorts. Totally. Oh man, that's. Words to live by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot of pop. Talk to you soon, buddy. See you, guys. See you, Taggart. See you, bye. Jeremy Taggart. So he will be able to induct him. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll be able to yeah. put his, uh, his band up, Our Lady Peace. Again, uh, Pete Schrager, one of our reporters, he yes. was uh, saying how much he loves Jeremy because... He, as an American, still was huge into Our Lady Peace, and he got in the Our Lady Peace wormhole on YouTube the other night. He told us, so uh, he just started. Uh, we have to get Schrager on the podcast because he yeah. is—he's he's the hugest fan. fan. Yep. He's a big fan of the podcast. By the way, did how much have we talked about this, Seth Rogen? We have not mentioned it. Okay, so this week in the Canadian Wall of Fame, Vancouver, BC, Seth Rogen has become a big star. I particularly love this picture. Is this from the James yeah. Franco thing? Down, uh, just the three. just the back hair, just the I love that. As no shame growing, in yeah, that whole thing. As someone who's growing a, a ton of back hair right now, and on my shoulders too. I mean, I just <laughs> love this, love this. He is a, a stoner. He just loves his weed. Yeah, he openly admits it. That just, he just sits loves and it. Smokes weed all day. Yeah. Um, last he lives I, in L.A., doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. We should be able to yeah. get him. Yeah, we should get him on sometime. We'd love to talk Canucks. Uh, uh, and Wayner, we'll have to again. Only Hall of Famers are allowed. It. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, that's our grand vision. Maybe a and surprise. Oh, oh. by the way, Ben, uh, f- he was like, "Am I getting any closer to the rest of the group?" I think he is, just he is. by process of us adding <laughs> more Canadians. <laughs> uh, ben is getting a little closer to the rest of the group. But with that said, I think we're uh, around five hundred votes to get him off of the wall. Wow! wow. This, this official wow. petition is only like. 24,000 votes short of what they're shooting for. Whoa. Now, so. Wow. Whoa. It's tight race. Don't we have to agree to that, though? Oh, Either way, if there's man. an official pe- petition, Ooh. like there has to be a number. I don't know. Should we mention what happened? In the vote. Oh, are we going to talk about that? Or should we. What happened last? That he had a firm handshake? Strong handshake. We're, we're not doing that. I, I thought we were, but I, I was told we shouldn't. Oh, okay. We promoted <laughs> Xbox enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. We pro- promoted enough Xbox. Uh, I just <laughs> want, I want to hear a story from Jim. Ah, so you guys were talking about uh, Sunset Strip. Oh, oh man. man. This is awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I've had a bunch of people tweet me about, like, Places to go, like, hey, where's a great place to go for a drink or, you know, kind of get strip. a little bit. Yeah, and, uh, you know, still the rainbow is yeah. still, like, the benchmark totally there. It really is, yeah. you know. And, uh, I mean, you were talking last week about uh, the waitresses, you know, and the, now they're just in their underwear at the club, you know, in Vegas. 
it, it it's like that every night, kind of at the rainbow. Not so much with the waitresses, but just with the clientele that rolls in and out of there. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, you know, we get a little older, they get a little younger, whatever. <laughs> you know, so, but uh, but it's it's still a great place. There's still great, great, uh, great cocktails. I think probably the best pizza in LA. It's good pizza. That's I think I love it there. It's pretty good pizza. I say there's yeah. no such thing as good pizza in LA, but I'm from I, the East Coast. Yeah, Easy no, Demi no, no, no. Downer. That's the way it is. Oh. I spent the last six years eating pizza in New York and I've enjoyed pizza in LA. It's I don't good. Know I, I, it's just, that's just one of those things that people say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People just say it. There's a few good spots, I will admit. But, but I agree with Jim. The, the rainbow pizza is, is it's excellent. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I, I've been there. You know, that was like our place to go and hang. And, you know, we even actually, you know, uh, like the with the Guns guys, they even have Slash has his own booth there. And John Entwistle has his own booth. You know, a bunch of guys. Uh, if you go there tonight or any night, you're basically going to see Lemmy from Motorhead at the bar. You know, it's always <laughs> it's always a scene. There's always somebody up there, you know. And... uh you know, so so that's that's a great place for our listeners. Anybody coming out to LA that want to go and kind of do the rock thing, the Rainbow still kicks ass. And and if you, you know, if you go like the two blocks around the Rainbow, like you see Whiskey a Go Go, yeah, the Whiskey uh, the Roxy's Vi- right next door. The Roxy's right there, and then the Viper you know, Room is just down the and street. And the Viper too. Room's just if down the street, you. like right across the street. The you know the. The Hustler, uh, oh, the Hustler Superstore, Superstore is there. The yes. Key Club, I think the yeah. Key Club, uh, Seth Rogen. That's where they shot uh, that scene in oh, uh, Forty Year Old Virgin. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, the Key Club is right there, and um, actually downstairs at the Key Club, there's kind of like a little VIP room, and a lot of times uh, they got great musicians playing down there, like. You know, from a lot of the bands that we've been talking about, and they just do impromptu things down there. You know, it's kind of a cool hang. And upstairs at the Roxy, on the Rocks, is kind of like a private club that they have stuff. You know, so there's, there's a lot of different places to go, different people to uh, run into along the way yeah, on the strip yeah. and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, um, as far as like, Stories from days gone by, like an example of a typical night up there. Um, uh, you know, uh, I was working with the Black Crows uh, on an album called Tall, which was sort of, it was Amorica before Amorica. And uh, uh, every night, like, uh, I did a, a couple other projects with uh, Chris Prior to that, we did this band, The Hypnotics, and um, Chris had the side project called Sweet Pickle Salad. And uh, he also, I, my band, when I was a kid, I had a band called Foam Foot, right? I love <laughs> it. Which we were like, hey, man, you know, like when you're outside and, you know, you're peeing in the snow or you got to take a piss outside, you know, and you put it on the ground, you know, and there's foam right there by your foot. Yeah, that's what we'll call our band. You know? Foam. Foam foot, you know? So Chris was like, that's the greatest name for a rock band. I love that. So when we were doing Sweet Pickle Salad, they played at the Troubadour, which is another yeah. cool club, and they played... It was basically the Black Crows minus Rich Robinson with uh, David Crosby and uh, 
Craig Ross from uh, Lenny Kravitz's band and uh, guys from the Jayhawks, the percussion player from Cypress Hill. It was this wow. kick-ass band. And they played as my band, Foamfoot. <laughs> Uh, and uh, it was it was it was great. And then like you know we'd find different places to play. So they did like the Crows play to show up at the Viper Room. And a typical typical week up there was like, oh okay Thursday night you know the Black Crows are going to play and uh, Lenny Kravitz is going to play before them or after them. You know and like Lenny would go up and play and he would just do a whole set and he'd just play drums. He wouldn't play guitar nothing else and he'd just do a jam. For like an hour and a half with him playing drums in his band. It was insane. Wow. And, you know, they'd go, uh, a lot of times they'd go to like four, and you know, they'd stop having to serve booze, but it didn't matter. You know, everybody's just raging in there. Just like and a strip club in yeah. bed. No, it was good times. Good times. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can still. You'd still, still experience still that. experience that stuff up there. They're still doing stuff up like that up there. It was funny because that was one of the first places I went to here as well, the Rainbow. And, and someone said that to me, like, You're, you'll see some porn stars here. And, and sure enough, the first time I went there, I walked outside and all these guys, it's like a stag party. And they're all getting their picture taken with someone. And I'm like, oh, what hot porn star are they getting pictures? It was Ron Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, he's here all the time. Yeah. 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 I figured he probably I, hangs I, out a lot. I, I have a, I'll, I'll save it for another time. <laughs> yeah, man. I have yeah. a great Ron Jeremy story. We'll with, save that uh, for the next one. With Lars and Slash. It was a lot oh of fun. God, yeah, Slash's house. Man, he, he uh, Ron Jeremy, what a... But Chris Robinson, like, man, what a talented band. And, oh, like, yeah, but those phenomenal. brothers just couldn't get along, eh? Like, they just they just don't get along. Uh, you know, they, they had their ups and downs. Even when I was, I was working with them, that was really kind of... You know they were they would uh, butt heads a little bit. You know well, they're back but together, right? Because they played the they Wiltern. just played the Wiltern Friday night. Oh wow, yeah. yeah. So you know Chris has his solo things and all that other stuff. But That'd be awesome uh, to yeah. see them. I'd love to yeah. see them. Yeah. What's that Wiltern like? I drove by them. That might be it's the really ve- cool. the best venue in LA. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah, you know it's like uh, the- what do you think it holds? Like maybe. 2,000, yeah, 3,000 3, people. Yeah, that's good. And it's like a nice theater, great balcony, great seating on the floor. It's that's awesome. Cool. It's a yeah. great place to see a show. Mm, that'd be great to see them there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, a couple of the guys here just went and saw them. They said oh. it was phenomenal. Oh, man. Engineer oh, Jim, God. we thank you for that. We're gonna, that was fun. Yeah. We're going to wrap yeah. things up the with rainbow. an email from a viewer. Yeah. We should go down to the Rainbow, by the way. Okay. Yes. Yeah, with Taggart. Right. Yeah, let's take Taggart yeah. down there. I'm sure that'll he's been f- there. That'd be a fun time. I, mean, I feel like Jim would be like the, sitting him, as, like him sit there. He'd be like the mayor of that place. Uh, as the nights progressed, more and more items of clothing would wind up getting hung up along around the table from your clothes. I hope. Don't, it, don't, I hope it's no, not Patrick. No, so it sounds like I'll <laughs> probably have to get a hotel room down uh, down. Uh, yeah, you could good time. You could crash with uh, Jim. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Okay, so this is um, a... Uh, it's safe. An email from... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It is safe. It's probably safest. Um, an email from a viewer. Oh, oh, oh Russell! Exact. <laughs> okay, so this is um, this was written to Patrick. Oh. It says, hi, Patrick. Love the pod. Uh, a few lady friends and I were at a local pub watching hockey when a cute boy came up to me and said, in the James Duthie... One impression voice, uh, you wearing your rubber boots tonight? I was, in fact, wearing rubber boots that night. If I wasn't such a Jay and Dan fan, I would have thrown my drink in his face and yelled, perv, 
But as a nice Canadian girl, I just turned and said, yes, I like the dunk tank. We both laughed and began speaking in Jay and Dan podcast sound bites. I just bought Jay's book, Anchor Boy, and had it in my purse. So I brought it out and we laughed the rest of the evening about the book, chapter four especially. What chapter is that? That's a chapter where I my pants and my oh. parents. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, for all, so for all you dudes out there, the best pickup line is a Jay and Dan pickup line. Bringing uh. hot strangers together for one night. Likely only since November 2013, but we'll say September 2012. I hope this makes it to the pod. Hopefully the Jay and Dan pickups will increase. Thanks, guys. Alexis Gray. Where is the banana hot dog? <laughs> Alexis Gray. Nice work. That sounds like a porn That's star That's a great yeah. porn star name. Yeah. Absolutely. Alexis Gray. Alexis Gray. Vivid videos. Flashpoint 4. Uh, you wearing uh, rubber boots tonight? <laughs> Uh, so if anybody else does have any funny stories, anything like that, feel free to um, tweet at Jan Dan Pod or at me on Twitter. Uh, we'll get them on. Um, from last week, we had the 80s dating video. Uh, Jason Dupras sent us that. I promised him that uh, we would thank him. Yes, oh, yeah. I He's apologize. Great. I did. That's right, um, dude. Also, the, the week before, Evan Gilchrist and Paul Steffen uh, had sent us some stuff in. And while we were out, um, when we had the best of our – or the favorites, I had been meaning to say this. Uh, but it was Paige and Sean Murphy – both tweeted us pictures of each other and like they had a bottle of champagne sitting in the snow. They were on their pod or they were on their honeymoon listening to the podcast. Wow. wow. Nice. That's oh, congratulations man. on the marriage. So uh, bringing couples together. Yeah. And this is wonderful. Soon there'll be babies. Making babies. Babies named Patrick and Ian and Jeremy. I'm coming, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hashtag nut. Yeah. <laughs> What's your kid's name? <laughs> nut. <laughs> no hamsters. That's a great. I like that. I like that uh, email. That was really cool. Yeah. You no, know, I wasn't. We probably should have got Luke Robitaille on the wall. He could have signed the picture. Yeah, we kind of blew I that mean, one, didn't we? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't really think of that. No, I thought of it. We could. We'll just get him back. So right. Now he's gone. It's better when you said you didn't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Ah, the I, li- I like Seth. I Rogan's thought that was just pretty shoulders. timely, and um, we want to vary the sports. We the need women. to get more yeah. women. We've We're only got Pam and uh, I'm Shania. On it. I'm on it. Are you? Okay. We have a few that we'd want to have come in. Actually, and. Uh, can we have Carissa next week for even just a five-minute visit? Because she's we want to show off her new haircut, and she's upset at us for not inviting her. No, back. she wanted to come in when Russell was in. I here. know. I, I, that's my fault because I saw her coming into the building that day, and I assumed that Russell was going to Fox Sports Live, and Chris was going to interview him. That's why she was uh. in early. But it turns out she just came in early, and then later she was like, oh, you had Russell Wilson on? The Seahawks are my favorite team. No, she like, knew that. She wanted to surprise you guys. So I was like, yeah, just come on in. And, she and said be- she didn't know we had Russell on. I don't know then. I don't know. She knew I that. I, I believe would. she did, but she oh. was in for that women in sports night. That's why she was here early. It wasn't just for us. Why weren't we invited? Yeah, to I wasn't invited sports, to the women, women in sports. In sports yeah. That's one of those things you just have to Google. So. And again, congratulations, uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders fans. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Riders fans. Man, and it's too bad we couldn't have been there, Toolsy. That would have been fun. Yeah. Like, we're going to be in Skatoon this weekend. I can't wait. Yeah. The, everyone's still going to be hungover from uh, the Grey Cup. And yeah. seriously, when the Riders win the Grey Cup that they're hosting, the everyone wins in the CFL. Uh, that is true. That Except is true. the teams that didn't win. Yeah, I was going to say, they're... <laughs> There are other teams that, that But it's don't just win. the most popular team in the <laughs> CFL, in the most rabid fan base, 
As uh, f- as TSN producer Jan Staniszewski likes to say about the CFL, it's good for the league, brother. And Saskatchewan winning is good for the league. Okay. Hey, by the way, November, this is it. This is it. This is the last time you'll see us with our November mustaches this year. Mine's starting to annoy me. Uh, well, it's almost gone, but you can still donate. Uh, will we have the, the yeah, we'll website up. up? Yep. Okay, good. Please, uh, let's do like a last-minute push here. Let's yeah. get, can let's we get, get a get shot of everyone's up. last mustache? Uh, so if you're walking, watching on the video portion, uh, there's Jay's. Uh, nice to Ian on the camera. Ian's got a great one. Yeah, Ian, yeah, yeah we got to get Ian. Oof, Ian, yeah. you're my, yours Selfie might yourself. be my favorite. <laughs> So there's, uh, Ian's is sort of like a Wendell Clark, sort of like the hair is darker. He's than like one of those mustache. guys from that dating video. There's Patrick's. Uh, I didn't clean up today. Uh, so we talking group waxing? Roll yeah. out of bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Group waxing. Like, like a giant Brazilian. Mike's? That's right. That's right. Oh, God, that would hurt. That would Brazilian? Be like all face? Brazilians like, all around. That'd be like Taggart's dad in the Bronx. Oh, yeah. God. Who's getting the alerts? Yeah, what is that? That's not me. That's not me. It's probably you, Toolsy. Not me. I never the speaker on. Is that a BlackBerry thing? No. I don't think they have a technology to give alerts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Guys, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Luke uh, Robitaille again. That was awesome getting him on. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, Mike. Okay, so and a uh, great impressionist, by the way. I wanted to yes. say, yeah, yeah, that was a hilarious Tiger Williams. Yeah. I to love that. our American uh, listeners and viewers, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, Enjoy, uh, I tell you, Americans do Thanksgiving big time. My daughter's in school here now in LA, and she got the whole week off school. Like you don't get that in Canada. Why does Canada do that? They get you get the Monday off. That's it. We didn't even get that. Yeah, you should have the at least in Canada get the Friday and the Monday. Come on, Harper. I think now it's because Black Friday starts on like the Monday before Thanksgiving. So right. shopping wise, it's all about commerce. It's all about commerce. <laughs> Just like this yeah. show. That's why we're making big money on the show. It's all about commerce. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I'll have a new, a new fake sponsor next week. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. <laughs>